Hello everyone and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be discussing the biggest mistakes made in divorce and of course how not to make them. My name is Lucy Good and I'm the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. My aim with these podcasts is to get useful targeted information to single mums wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hunt down experts in the subjects that matter to single mums and I ask the questions that I think you want to know the answers to. The information being shared in my free podcast can save you time, money and a whole lot of worry. And if you have questions that are specific to your situation, my guests are always happy to go a step further. So don't be afraid to contact them directly if you like what you're hearing. And talking of guests, it's my great pleasure to introduce today's podcast guest, Rachel Shara from Divorce Answered. Now, Rachel is a divorced mother of two primary school-aged children. When she separated, there was very little information to help and guide her through the initial stages of divorce and separation. So Rachel did what all great women do when they can't find the resources they need. She created them. And the end result is divorceanswered.com.au a fabulous offering to help people separate with confidence, clarity, and to save money with their lawyers. Welcome, Rachel. Hello, Lucy. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. It's lovely to have you on, and um, I really feel that we're going to be able to really help some single mums here in this um, scary lead-up time to their divorce. (laughs) 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 and I'm look I'm sure I've mentioned it before Rachel but I love your website thank (laughs) Um, you I think a website tells a lot about a business and yours gives me a sense of calm and control so when I look at it I feel like you've got this under control and everything's going to be okay and I think that's really important because divorce is a scary thing Um, and the fear that comes with it is often due to a lack of knowledge and insight there's this worry that we'll get it wrong and if we do it can affect our future and and that of our children is this scary lack of knowledge something that you see a lot with your clients absolutely a lot of people just don't know where to start or what to do and Divorce Answer tries to give them the, the basis or the foundation or the resources for starting, preparing and getting as organised as they can, which reduces their stress um, and, and sets them on the right path for their divorce. Yeah, because it just, and it once you're organised and you've got somebody working with you who knows what they're doing, it does take the fear away, doesn't it? And Absolutely. You can, you can, it clears the path to think more clearly and get it right. Yeah, it does. Okay, I've got a heap of questions for you, Rachel. So um, I've got my eye on the clock um, and I'm going to try and squeeze them all in. So we'll start with the first one. This podcast is focusing on the biggest mistakes we can make in divorce. It's interesting to talk about what not to do as opposed to what to do. 
but I think in this case it's really important. Divorce is unknown territory for many and it comes whilst dealing with a myriad of other emotions. Many are quick to take action but that's not always the best way and can, in some cases, end in disaster. There is a process to follow for a divorce which can help us avoid making mistakes and I know that everyone's circumstances are different but can you very briefly just talk us through what this process is and how it works? Sure. I'm sure we've all had bad managers or been exposed to a parenting style that we didn't like. So often knowing what not to do in divorce can be just as useful as knowing what to do for a successful outcome. Divorcing is complex and unique to each person. And I like to say that no two divorces are the same and no two judges will make the same ruling on any one divorce. However, the generalized structure of divorcing remains somewhat similar. We need to separate for 12 months before lodging a, a divorce application, and that needs to be approved by the courts and made as a final order. There are increasing pressures on the courts, which is pushing out dates for those orders to be granted. Meanwhile, while we're all waiting for this order or application to be, to be made, it's worthwhile making inroads with parenting and financial agreements so that you don't waste time. There are time restraints on um, claims for financials and spousal maintenance, which needs to be a very high priority decision. And there's also a great difference between what an agreement is and what an order is. Mm, yeah, and to me, that makes perfect sense, actually. I know that we're always complaining about the family courts, but absolutely, you know, <laughs> 12, 12 months is um, a good amount of time for them mm. to pick to say, look, yes, you've separated, but it's almost as if they're saying, go away, have a think about this. Number one, make sure you're certain it's what you want to do and, you know, put some things in place and see how you can cope between yourself to organize everything um, and then after 12 months if you still want to go ahead with this divorce um, you know you've made some plans and it, it's uh, and, you, and you're ready to do it so 12 months is a good period of time would you say for that I believe so I think that the courts are trying to give everyone every opportunity to either reconcile mm. or or once the divorce is through make their own agreements outside of court and do you because you talk about outside of the court, if after that 12 months you've managed to agree successfully with your ex-partner how you're going to proceed, you then say you then have to get the divorce approved by the courts, but you don't have to go to court for that or do you? For the divorce order to be made? Yeah, for the actual yes, approval. You do. you do. So everybody yeah. has to go to court to get the divorce to go through, even if they've managed to settle everything outside of court. I, don't, I believe a lawyer can go on your behalf if you mm. send a lawyer, but often a judge will ask you to your face, do you agree? And ideally, both parties say yes, and then the order is made. Okay, all right, I see. I, I was under the impression you didn't need to go to court to get the divorce to go through. It could just be done on paperwork. Is that not the case? No, not anymore. Oh, really? It was quite I've a long quite time a... ago that I got divorced. 
My lawyer went in, in for me and I have a friend that's just lodged and it used to be from, it used to be one month and one day from lodging the paperwork to the divorce order being granted. But this particular friend is self-representing and they're, they're waiting six months for a mention to have the order addressed. That's absolutely crazy, isn't it? And is that just a backlog? I believe so. Yeah, they tend to at the start of, oh, well, at the start of this year, they did a, a blitz, a two-week blitz where they pulled in about 11 extra judges to get through the family court issue. But it hasn't really relieved or lightened the load. And the family court is different to the federal circuit court. So we've just got mounting pressures everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about these time restraints as well on claims for financial and spouse maintenance. So, I mean, as a couple who's going through the divorce, um, they are trying to reach all these agreements within a certain amount of time, I suppose. And then they perhaps have to wait around for the divorce to be approved afterwards. The, the financials and the parenting don't have to be, um, in a sense, solid, but there need to be inroads and the courts need to be satisfied that attempts to make agreements is being met and made. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, it is confusing, isn't it? There's just no no, no around that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why we need help and support from people like you. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> the next question I was going to start with the process <laughs> is clearly a complex one <laughs> I think we've made that clear already um, it's no wonder there is so much room for error in it it's so important that, that we get these things right from the start for single mums listening and contemplating or about to start the proceedings what are the very first mistakes you would warn them against making well, as a single parent myself, the first and the biggest mistake I see in divorcing couples is misusing the children. Yes. So when I say that, I'm saying don't pass messages to the other parent through the child. Don't use the child as your therapist because oversharing with your children can be considered a form of child abuse. Wow. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I would also suggest um, not manipulating the child against the other parent and not to speak poorly of the other parent in the presence of your child. So not denigrating the other party as a common parenting court order. And together with that order, we need to make sure that our children are allowed to be kids and we protect them from any adversity between the parents and the new situation. Wow, I'm sorry, that's just, I had no idea. You've, you've amazed me with that answer because <laughs> I, I try not to interrupt while you're talking, but I, so, I mean, it, it is awful to, to, um, to use the children. I had two young girls who were um, eight and, no, they, yeah, they were eight and five at the time of, of our yeah. divorce and it's really tempting to tell them stuff and you really do have to work hard not to involve them unnecessarily and it's a learning process I think I think we do all make a mistake in the beginning and you know and even if it's not that we actually directly talk to our kids about it we might talk very loudly while we're talking to a friend with the kids in earshot but kind of knowing they can hear it um, just to let them know that we're the good parent 
Mm-hmm. But to hear that it can be considered a form of child abuse <laughs> is really interesting. How, you know, how did that, does that work? I mean, there's obviously some really bad cases of this happening. Well, yes. Um, I guess in the court, in the eyes of the court, there have been rulings made against parents um, where by one may be a physical abuse well, in one instance that I've read, one was a physical abuser and the other was not fostering a relationship with the other parent. And the parent that was physically abusing got access to the child. Now, each situation is different, and that's obviously an extreme example, but the courts and mediators do not look favourably on speaking poorly in front of the children or using the children um and manipulating them against to turn them against the other parent mm, yeah and do you know what when you i think you, you as as parents we actually make it worse for ourselves if we use our kids as well because we're manifesting the situation within our homes um, and we're involving our kids and if we keep our kids out of it as much as possible um it just makes you just have a more pleasant time with your children and your house is a happier place we we don't it doesn't need to be shared with everybody does it it does if you do it too much it does actually create a bigger problem in the long run yes and home's meant to be their safe space isn't it exactly it is it's just it isn't fair we we do all know it but very interesting to know that it can actually well so it can be considered a form of child abuse and it can actually go in a parenting order that you mustn't slag off the other parent. That's right, isn't yes. it? It's a standard order. Is it? Mm-hmm. Which goes to show how common it is. <laughs> and I think the other thing that um, I always remember people saying to me at the beginning of our separation, and you know, later on, you know, five years later, I think, cool, that was a good bit of advice, is mm-hmm. that kids work it out for themselves and they do it quite early on so if you're doing the right thing as a parent and your partner or your ex-partner isn't you don't need to tell them they'll work it out and if Mm. they work it out themselves then it's a it's much better for them they understand it um a lot more i actually worked with um, a really lovely girl who's now i worked with her a couple of years ago she's now went to her wedding she would be 30 she's just pregnant beautiful girl she is but she had divorced parents and I found it very interesting to chat to her about her experiences um, as a child of divorce Um, and she did say to me one of the things she hated hated the most was being involved and being told that there was something wrong with the other parent and she said that is a thing that stands out in her mind above everything else she just as a child she said she just didn't need to know it Mm. yeah it's very difficult and like you said they do work it out for themselves in their own time so you know some children are younger than others others are adults Mm. each to their own yeah yeah. It's a great burden for them to carry too. Oh, it's a massive burden. And also they learn, don't they? They learn how we are dealing, how we interact with other adults and how we 
deal with our relationships and our relationship breakdowns and what they learn at a young age they often take into their adult life and they copy that behavior in their own relationships and their own interactions with adults so we do have to be really really careful about what they see just make life fun for them let them have fun because it gets so sensible and so serious and when they get older allow them as you say just to be kids um, okay, we'll move on. So we've talked about the first mistakes, the ones to watch out for at the beginning of the divorce journey. My next question to you is, what would you say are the most hidden mistakes? The ones we least expect and perhaps won't realise we've made until it's too late? Well, one of the most common mistakes is not having a lawyer or professional legal advice. So having some personalised or individualised direction from legal counsel is essential, even if you're self-representing. Each judge is different and while some are supportive of the self-represented individuals, others are less so. So it's important to know what information is relevant and useful to bring to court as a judge's patients can wear thin quite quickly. Uh, so if you can't afford a full-time lawyer, in your case, let's say, uh, then consider taking or asking one to check over or provide advice on documentation before you provide it to the other party. Equally, I would say that giving up on fighting for your entitlements, the children or your independence is another big mistake. So don't play the victim, don't be passive and give up or sign everything over to your ex-spouse because while it's generous, it's also defeatist. And it's not fair or an equitable outcome for you and the children. When you do consider giving up, let's say, um, you need to consider your age and circumstances, whether you're able to recreate a secure financial future, which depending on your age, um, it may be difficult or limited, and it needs to be a consideration, not just for you, but also for your ex-spouse. Yeah, so giving up, wow, I, I, that's the last thing I expected to hear. People, do they give up? I thought that everyone just went on fighting to the bitter end. Oh, wow. <laughs> what people just say, I've had enough, can't handle this anymore, you can take what you want. Is that what happens? Absolutely. Really? Do you um, see that a lot? <laughs> Oh, some, in some cases, yes. Just the fighting and the, the outlay of money to, to continue disagreeing can get too much. But also I've seen some parents just give up on their parental rights oh, and, okay. and sort of just, you know, sort of putting it to a distance. And to those that feel that way, I would say only do it if you think it's in the best interest of the children. Mm, yeah, they, but you would feel that people had really come to the end of their tether to give up on entitlements or the children, financial or otherwise. It's got to have got pretty bad to say, I just can't do this anymore because we all have in the back of our mind that we need to get this sorted and, you know, it's our future as you say is is what's what's at risk here this is what we're fighting for so people must get it must be exhausting to be in one of these these um battles absolutely yeah Yeah. and what and it's interesting as well your first point that you made um about the to get legal advice um at the beginning i mean 
I tend to think that people try to do it without the legal advice and they see bringing in a solicitor as something that you do when you can't get anything else to work but what Mm. you're actually saying is you know get some advice right at the beginning are you and that will help okay so it gives you some some fair um parameters to work within so they they experience divorce multiple times every day for other for their clients so they can actually guide you and and instead of saying you know you can have everything, which is not realistic. Mm. They'll say, look, this is what's fair and equitable and, yeah. you know, in a modest asset split or in a larger asset split, this is what you should be aiming for. Okay, yeah. And and you mentioned that they get impatient as well. So A judge, yes. yeah. Really. I mean, <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine it. But so if you know what you're aiming to get and you go into court with a clear head and it's something that's quite acceptable through the courts they can get that through and your case will be sorted fairly quickly but if you turn up and you just are asking for something that's totally unacceptable because you haven't done your research they are just like oh for goodness sake and can that actually make quite a difference to the outcome if one of the parents is organized and the other isn't would the judge look upon the more organized parent and think you know I'm going to bat for her or I'm going to bat for him well each judge is different so I have a friend who was self-representing and she was organized but the judge sided with the other other party who had legal representation and then as soon as she got a lawyer on board the judge sided with her um I've seen um, a case where a lady just didn't follow the judge's directions and he had asked her to do certain things and she thought she just didn't need to. So again, the judge ruled against her because she wasn't doing what he had asked her to. Yeah, so you've got to get your judge on side, haven't you? Um, Absolutely. Do do what they ask you to do. Um, It is, it's a worry. I think by the time something gets to the family courts, Um, And in my experience of talking to different experts in this area, you know, one of the reasons you want to avoid it getting into the courts for these Mm. disputes is because you have got somebody who doesn't actually really know your personal circumstances and they're going to make that final decision without knowing you properly based on things like whether you've got a lawyer or whether you're organised or whether you've done as he asked, which at the end of the day isn't what's relevant necessarily to the outcome. I don't envy a judge having to make a life decision no. um, for, for a family that he doesn't know. Yeah, but then they, I guess they have certain criteria they look at and they mm. are making these decisions many times each day and they do have to move them through quickly. So they skim the surface, don't they? Um, and then they so, make that decision and, and you're stuck with that. So, you know, if you, can keep, if you can keep it out of the courts, that's one of the real um, reasons why to do it. And because you want to be able to make those decisions yourself if you can. Yes. Okay, move on to the next question. (laughs) So, um, of course, we're not the only people who are affected by our mistakes during divorce. Our families, and as we've already discussed already, most specifically our children could and most possibly will suffer. Um, And there won't be a single mum listening who doesn't want to protect her children in every way she can. What are the most common mistakes? I know we've touched on it already um, that people make that can affect their children 
So we mentioned before about misusing the children. The other big mistake around children is failing to realize that the children get divorced too. And this means that just as you are experiencing and, changing, and adjusting to the changes in the household and the marriage, the children are adjusting too. The life that they knew is over and your child may experience anxiety, depression and grief or they may become withdrawn, more whingy, demanding, or even more aggressive. But whatever they're demonstrating, we as parents need to do our best not to shut them down or tell them to get over it. We need to give our children a safe space to process their feelings and emotions. And this is an opportunity to have them with a counselor or a therapist who can allow them to sort their feelings um, with somebody that's independent and unbiased by the divorce. Yeah, and I think that's important to get somebody else involved, isn't it, at that point? Because um, some, sometimes it's impossible as the parents involved to, to talk um, in a neutral manner about what's going on because you're right in the middle of, of a dispute. Absolutely, and us as parents, we're, we're emotionally heightened, we're stressed, we can be anxious. And the children pick up on all of that. Yeah, of course they do. The poor, poor little things. Um, mm. And interesting as well what you say about um, how they sort of may show their feelings by sort of being withdrawn or even aggressive. And it's not something that you would necessarily link to the separation, but because kids don't know how to deal with their emotions, they show them differently, don't they? So it could be that something's happened that day in regard to the separation that's upset them enormously. So they start misbehaving or they start doing something and we don't link it. Um, no. So we need to be really careful um, and look out for signs, I guess. And a therapist can give them some coping strategies or tools. And it doesn't mean that a child seeing a therapist needs to be a long-term, lifelong concern. Um, it, just, it can be a short-term, on as-need basis. And when they go to see these therapists, do they usually, um, can you as a parent talk to the therapist and find out what the child said? I mean, you know, I, I've got two two daughters, um, 11 and 13, and I sometimes look at them yeah. and I think, what is going on in your heads? I would love to know because you feel you can help them. So does a therapist provide that information usually? I think there's a, a balance that a therapist or counsellor goes through to keep what the child says confidential, but also share with the parent at home with them so that they can better support the child. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I mean, my children have seen um, a paediatric psychologist. Sometimes I will meet with the paediatric psychologist alone to talk about some issues in our household and get some strategy. Other times, the paediatric psychologist will say, well, here's the strategy we've put in place and let's work on that. Mm, yeah. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the kids. It's just they, they don't have the tools that we as adults have to sort through our emotions and feelings. Yes, that's right. And I suppose as kids of, of a divorce, they are having to tap into um, their emotions earlier than they should. Um, so they do need help to be able to deal with them. Um, they naturally would usually be older when these kind of things came into their lives or um, they had to deal with sadness or being so anxious or worry. Um, so it's something that these things are just happening that bit too early. So we just need to give them the tools 
to deal with it and um, that can come in the form of just having a chat with someone letting it all out we all know how good it is just to have a nice chat you do feel good after it (laughs) and kids are no different (laughs) yeah to vent yeah yeah so we all know usually to our peril that divorce is a costly affair and the end result is that all we have at the end of it um, is what we have to start rebuilding our lives as single parents. So the stakes are pretty high. What are the biggest financial mistakes we can make during a divorce? Off the top of my head, I have three, so I'll try to keep them quite short. (laughs) No, tell me, tell me. (laughs) So the first one I would say is not negotiating. So um, by shutting down and not being open to hearing or making offers, you can actually uh, hinder yourself or run up a huge debt. Like it's really easy to spend $50,000 fighting over $30,000 worth of assets. Mm. Um, secondly, I would say internationally—sorry, uh, in, intentionally running up debt. So... Um, buying unnecessary and expensive possessions, uh, unnecessary spending, um, and just because they can and just because the money's in the account. So sometimes in some financial settlements, exemptions are, are, are granted where some of the spending is counted back into the asset pool and we need to be careful and mindful of that and it is dependent on the judge and the lawyers involved. Similarly, We all need to be careful that we don't rack up a huge legal debt either. Um, Some people think that if they declare bankruptcy, that their legal fees and child support is excused, and that's not the case. So at some point, legal fees will have to be paid back. And finally, on the the topic of legal fees, I would say be smart um, and don't pay more than you have to. So find out how you can work alongside your lawyer to save money. So... For instance, it could cost thousands of dollars to have a parenting plan put together. And this is one of the tools that Divorce Answered has, and it's available for a fraction of the cost of one hour with your lawyer. And it's so simple, you click the clause and it self-populates into a parenting agreement, which then can be checked by a legal professional and proposed to your ex-spouse or lodged at the court. Fantastic. I love things like that. Um, <laughs> that is just a wonderful tool. So you know, do your research before forking out, basically, because there are a lot of DIY kits out there, aren't there, to um, help before you need to pay anything. And do what you can without spending any money and just get help with that final result I I guess um, one of the questions that is constantly asked on the single mum vine which is my um, Facebook group is what do I include in my parenting plan uh, is there anything because it's so difficult isn't it with a parenting plan because you've never done one before usually the kids are very young maybe they haven't started school so you have no idea really what will be relevant in the school years and there's so many things that can be missed there's Christmas there's birthdays Easter Mother's Day Father's Day oh what happens if the child gets injured and what should you do in terms of alerting the other parent Um, and I just I didn't do a parenting plan with my ex Um, we managed to get by without one 
at times I <laughs> I don't always think it was the right decision. Um, but I um, would feel overwhelmed. And by going and getting a kit such as you've mentioned, it's all on there, I guess. Yes. It, 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 it has a great, it's got a good flow. It gives you things to think about. You don't have to pick everything. Um, there's options for review, what to do with the children's passports, travels, covers, you know, special occasions throughout the year, um, what to do in case of emergency, who is in charge of decision-making responsibilities. It might be something that you wish to share or give sole parental responsibility in certain areas to, to one of the parents. So I just think that if you can find something that guides and prompts you, then you can make a better informed plan. And it's a way not to miss things. And if you do miss something out, can that be added into a parenting plan afterwards? Um, I guess with the consent of the other parent, you can. Absolutely. You don't want to go back, do you? You want to say, right, it's done. We don't need to make any decisions (laughs) now. It's all in this parenting plan. And it's just going to save so many arguments, I suppose. Um, And just going back a little bit to what you were saying before, really, people... Do they purposely run up debt at this stage? And what, what's, what's all this about, running up debt um, on the lead up to um, a divorce? Well, I mean, there are some people who feel that if they get rid of all the money that they've got in their bank account or their assets, then they, can't, they, don't, they won't have to share it with their ex-spouse. But that's not necessarily true. So my recommendation is to try and be as fair as possible, as transparent as possible. And in all of that, you don't have to lie. You don't, you're not hiding truth. And, and I think overall, in the long run, it should work in your favour. And you want to be able to sleep at, li- at night, don't you, really, as well? Um, you want to be able to live the rest of your life knowing that you did the right thing for everyone involved yeah um, it, it does get bitter I know I've seen it um, I do think that you do have to remember that being the better person is, is is often the best way to go so but it's all very well saying that as we're sitting here on a Wednesday afternoon chatting away and when you're right in the middle of it it is very difficult um, but I'm just looking at the clock so I'm going to hair on now because I've got a couple more questions sure. for you Um, So we talked about the process, about the involvement of the children and the financial side of the divorce. But what about us? The single mums fighting hard to hold everything together physically, emotionally and mentally. Would you say that one of the biggest mistakes we make throughout the divorce process is forgetting to take care of ourselves? Um, And how would you suggest we overcome this? Without a doubt, not prioritizing ourselves is an error. Mm. I feel that if we don't have our health, our sanity and our happiness, our children suffer more. And it's amazing how in tune children are to the undertones of our moods and they pick up on our vibrations, even if we try to put on a happy face. So to all the other single mums out there, I would say make sure that you go to the doctor and make sure that you're on top of your health. Find some time each day, week, month to do something for you. And for, for us in our household, we love music. So when the mood's low, we put on some pick-me-up music and dance around. And similarly, if, if I need to calm the energetic levels in the house, we put on some soothing, relaxing music. But I find 
as a parent, when we are intrinsically happier and feeling more fulfilled, our days feel lighter and our children notice the difference and they thrive. Yeah, because they pick up on our moods, don't they? And yes. our moods are contagious and um, also smiles are scientifically proven to be contagious. So if anyone wants to test run that, just um, give someone a smile and see what reaction you get because it, it does make us smile if we see another person smile. And I agree with you with the music as well. Um, and an example in our household is the mornings, the dreaded school mornings when things, <laughs> however organised you are, things can get a little bit um, heated in most households I'm sure all over Australia um, before before school and um, sometimes we all get in the car and you know we're all feeling a bit moody and miserable we've all had a go at each other so just stick some music on in the car and within a minute everyone feels better so I agree with you totally music's very very powerful um, and and again, you sort of mentioned about being happy, and um, just another example. I have a lady who's done my single mummy course, and I followed up with her um, to see how she enjoyed it. You know, see if she needed any help, and she'd finished the course, and she really enjoyed it. And she told me that the reason she ended up doing it was because her two young kids came up to her one day and said, "Mummy, are you happy?" Um, and she said yes and they said no but are you really happy Um, and I thought that was such a you know that was something that encouraged her to think I've got to do something I'm going to I don't want to improve my life because she was thinking I'm not passing on the right vibes to my kids and they're so young and they've picked up on it and they've asked me this question in all seriousness yeah children beautiful Oh, they really are. And they just say it as they see it. Yeah, and another, and just, you know, what you mentioned about going to the doctor, people are probably thinking, you're joking, aren't you? Going to a doctor while everything else is going on. But it's probably one of the most important times. If you're feeling tired, it might be you've got low, low iron or something like that. So don't suffer. Just go and make sure everything's as it should be because you need to be in your prime health to get through this successfully for you and your kids. Absolutely. I delayed seeing a doctor and I ended up with pneumonia twice. So as a single mum, very ill, it's it's not easy. So dealing with little issues, well, issues when they're smaller means a faster recovery. It really does. And I know if I just feel a little bit off colour, then the day is just so much harder. So don't allow yourself to be off colour. Get yourself right up there health-wise so you're, you're feeling good um, and make sure your kids are as well. Last question. So I'm hoping all our talk of mistakes is not frightening anyone. (laughs) There's no doubt that to be forewarned is to be forearmed. On my Single Mum Vine Facebook group, single mums are always looking for advice from the experiences of others. And this is to see what they did right and wrong so that they can learn from it, which is just human nature. So what are your final words, Rachel, based on your own personal experience and from the heart to the single mums listening who are about to embark on their divorce journey? I would say to these people, my fellow single mums, is that when you come from a child-focused perspective, you can't be wrong. So everyone has tough days and, and hard times, 
um, single or divorced parenting and co-parenting isn't easy and it's really rewarding. Um, so lean on your friends, uh, have a vent over a glass of wine or a cup of tea and, and take the, the assistance of your friends. Um, and finally, there are so many advantages for the children to, um, for being, uh, sorry, there are many advantages of being raised by a single parent and your children will learn what drive determination and having a dream really looks like and that through adversity and difficulties or hardships that life is still wonderful and because it's wonderful, we as single mums need to remember to have fun and photograph our children. We don't do, we, we don't photograph our children enough. Thank goodness for the selfie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) otherwise there would be none no photos at all um yeah millions of photos of our kids but none of us or us and our kids so yeah that's a, a good point and there is so much strength and courage in reaching out for help never feel as though you're a failure for asking for help um you're not at all and I think that that people just and it was something I talked about in my last podcast that I did you're showing your strength if you reach out to somebody um so don't ever feel that you shouldn't and I just wrote an article um about how the children of divorce do benefit so I agree wholeheartedly in what you just said Rachel um they thrive in so many ways that we maybe don't recognize but when we look carefully and we think about it we notice because I know I've got two little blonde girls who are as scatty as I was when I was young but because they are co-parented and they live in two homes they've become really quite organized and independent something which I know they wouldn't have at this stage in their life if they just lived in one home with both parents pandering over them um they are they, they learn empathy I find that my eldest daughter who's 13 if her friends have a problem they tend to come to her um, because she has got some experience of difficult situations and she can offer some valuable advice and I also think when something I'm very proud of with my girls is they're very open-minded so they know families come in all shapes and sizes and it doesn't matter what your family is like it's still your family we're all different in this world we all cope differently and um, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong if you haven't got this family that you see on the Aldi advert at Christmas cutting into their <laughs> turkey in fact that I think that's fairly rare family now I agree with you families are coming in all sorts of shapes and forms there are three generations living in one house you've got blended families de facto families um, you know, I think it's it's a pretty wonderful time that we're living in. It is, it is. And you want your kids to be able to accept that and to accept others. And uh, so, well, that's a happy note we're on, <laughs> <laughs> which I always like. So we'll finish up on that. And I've managed to squeeze in all my questions, which I'm very pleased about. I always feel like it's a bit of an achievement when we <laughs> manage to do that. Um, that's a big tick and a reward of maybe a glass of wine later. I, what do you think, Rachel? Glass Sounds of wine. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, 
To the single mums listening, um, Rachel does have an ebook which covers the 10 biggest mistakes made in divorce. So if you'd like to recap on what we've been talking about, you can head over to her website, which is divorceanswered.com.au. It does have an AU, doesn't it, Rachel? Yes, it yeah. does. So divorceanswered.com.au. Um, in fact, there's heaps of helpful resources over there, such as the parenting plan that we spoke about. So I definitely recommend you heading over there and taking a look. And I'll also put a link um, to that website on this pod- podcast when I put it on my website, which, <laughs> which is, of course, beanstalkmums.com.au. Um, Rachel, your offering with Divorce Answered is just fantastic. Um, you clearly know everything that there is to know on the subject and anything that can help us through the hard times and make the divorce process smoother, easier and ultimately happier has got to be a good thing. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today. Thank you. It was my pleasure being with you. Thank you. Um, And thank you, single mums, for listening. There is no doubt that divorce is daunting It's something we don't expect to have to deal with, but there are ways to make it easier. Take your time, don't rush it, research and make the use of the resources that are available. Try to relax, take care of yourself and stay positive for both yourself and your beautiful children. Until next time, ladies, goodbye.